love revolution. What a, the reason I chose the title of this, the reason we need a revolution, is because the Bible tells us we are not to love the world nor the things of the world. How many understand that? Raise your hand. Okay. So what I want to share with you today is the principle of how this world has a spirit and small g gods that want us to love them and they want us to follow them. So revolution can mean a sudden, radical, complete change. And this is what I feel in America and around the world that there needs to be this revolution, this sudden, radical, complete change where love exists in the correct way. So what we're going to do today, we're going to be reading out of Corinthians, and the Corinthian church is a lot like Americans. They were very wealthy people. They were very intellectual. But yet, morally, it was in decline, and you just it is basically what we are seeing in the American and in some places in the church today. And so Paul says, you think you know it all, you're so smart, you have a better way. But he ends up saying that God's way is better. Let's take a look. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18. For the message of the cross, and this is talking about the gospel, is foolishness to those who are perishing. And they, they don't think it's important. In fact, they think we're simple. But to us who are being saved and those that have accepted Christ... It is the power. Everyone say the power. Yeah, it, it, it is not silliness. It is the power of God. Can I hear a good amen? amen. For it is written, <laughs> this is amazing. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. So what is God saying here? He says, you think you know it all, but your way doesn't work. You have to do it God's way. God's saying, well, you think you can define marriage? You think you can define, define family? You think you can define finances? You think you can define work? And God says, you're going to be frustrated unless you do it my way. <laughs> I think that's amazing. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent. I will frustrate. And he goes on to say, where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Let's look at verse 25. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Wow. (laughs) In other words, God's way absolutely works. God's way absolutely works. I know on the outside looking in to the world, they're following their loves. They're following spirits. They're following the world's way. And so when they look at us, they think that we're simple or all those people, you've heard it before, all the crazy Christians. Yeah, I'm crazy. I'm crazy about Jesus Christ. I'm a fanatic. That's true. I'm, I'm a fanatic for Jesus Christ. And What we see here is you've got the world's way, and then you've got God's way. You you see the two lists that's going on. You've got the world's way, and then you've got 
God's way. And we're at an intersection, and we're going to have to make the choice, which way are we going to go? Are we going to go with the love of the world, or are we going to go with the love of God? That's why I say we need a love revolution, a sudden, radical, complete change. And in the Bible, there are basic three small g gods. There's basically three. There's, there's more. There's many, many small g gods that you can find. But there's three main ones that I, I want to talk about for the next three Sundays. And what I want to share with you is what God says about loving the world and these gods. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting with verse 14. And it's in your handout if you want to follow, if you want to open your Bibles, if you want to get out your phone, get your Bible out that way. Uh, Just make sure you're not texting and saying how great the pastor's doing. Just kidding. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 14. Do not follow other gods. Can I get an amen? amen? Do not follow other gods. There's a bunch of them out there. There's lots of choices in our culture. He says, don't follow these other gods around you. For the Lord, your God, who is among you, is a what? He's a jealous God. That's right. He's not keen, either you knowingly or unknowingly, following the love of these gods. It arouses his jealousy. Let's look at uh, chapter 11, verse 16. Be careful. Now, this is where I come in. I'm going to tell you. Be careful, or you will be enticed to turn away from worshiping other gods and bowing down to them. He says, be careful, or you can be enticed to follow the love of these small g gods and be enticed and to bow down to them. And and God's a jealous God. He doesn't want us to do this. So the first... God, a small g God I want to talk about that is mentioned in the Bible is mammon. And if you want to put that in your notes, mammon. It is the God of possessions. The God of possessions. And we will talk about that a different week. But money actually can have a spirit behind it if you're not careful. Actually, this teaching came from Babylon. And Babylon, uh, you know what the word Babel means. It means confused. So, there's a lot of confusion with riches and possession. Now, next to Mammon, I just want you to write the word greed. Write the word greed in there. And let's look at Luke chapter 16, verse 13. No servant can serve two masters. Everyone say two masters. Yeah, no servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and what? Mammon. There's that, there's that small g God the Bible talks about. So I will talk about this more in the weeks to come, but what I want to share with you just as an idea about this subject, you know, a lot of people say, ah, money's the root of all evil. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the love of money. Money is neutral, but it's what you do with money. It's like your computers and TVs and your phones, they're neutral. It depends what you do on your 
TV, your computer, and your phone. Can I get an amen? So th- this is one of the gods. Here's, here's another one, Baal. And you can write that in, Baal. And he is the god of power, small g god of power. And this spirit and, and the love of this God, it manifests best on how you spend your time. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna take some time with this one because I wanna, I wanna share with you the spirit of Baal that has come into our, our world. Because I think it's so important that we understand this. Do you know that the average father, get this, the average father spends seven minutes a day with their children? Turn to your neighbor and go, wow. <laughs> and an average father spends four minutes a day with their spouse. And the average American father, <laughs> some, of you, some of you get real nervous right now. That's okay. And the average father spends about three minutes a day in prayer, and that is if they're a Christian. Imagine how much time they spend away from home and at work. At work alone, not, not including the time there and the time back, they spend 8.5 hours every day going to work. So, why is this important? Here's why. Because over 60% of Americans say that they're burnt out. Over, over half of Americans are burnt out. Well, and this could be why. God's frustrating the wisdom of this age. Now, next to Baal, I want you to put the word pride. Just write the word pride. Pride says, I don't need God. I can do it myself. I'll just work harder. I'll put another day in. All workaholics have some pride in them. Now, should you work? Absolutely. If you don't work, you don't eat. That's what the Bible says. But there is such a thing called balance. Everyone say balance. And this is what we want to talk about. These are the people that when they get home, they think, I should be at work. And when they're at work, they say, I should be at home. And they're frustrated. They're, They're constantly, constantly working out this. And I... I was thinking of all the poor people who accidentally had come in late for service today <laughs> because you were so busy. And you, I'm not talking to the people who are just, every, you know, every so often something happens and I get it. But isn't it funny that people are not late to work? Ooh, it's quiet in here. But they're late to the house of God every Sunday. And I want, either knowingly or unknowingly, you may have allowed this spirit to come upon you. And you say, oh, great. This was the day my hair didn't work out right and I'm late for church. I'm, that's okay. But I'm talking about people that, that are just always just running late, running late. And I have a funny story before I move on to the, the next small G God is that I was asking people to at least be on time to church. And this was quite a few years ago when our, our building was on 35 on Highway 35. And in the middle of the message, get this, in the middle of the message, I was asking our people, please, at least be on time. And if you can't, come early and come in the prayer room and just spend a few moments, just get along with God. And while I was saying that, 
bless their hearts, this family comes walking in, and they were always late. And they had a couple kids, so there was always a lot of commotion that was going on when they came in. And they just happened to come in while I was saying that, and they thought I was talking about them. I wasn't, I wasn't, but still, I wasn't, like, saying that because I saw them walk in the door. It was just the next point that I wanted to share. They got upset, and they left the church, and they said, nobody's going to tell us to be on time for church. And they proved my point that there's a spirit that can come along with this, and you have to be very, very careful. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's getting deep in hell. (laughs) Do you still love your pastor? Thank you. In advance. You can say amen or oh me, but say something. Okay. The next one, small g God, Asherah. Asherah mentioned many times in the Bible. It is the God of pleasure. Let's write that down. Now, I'm trying to see if there's, any, if there's anyone that's 12 years of age or younger. We have a great Sunday school, and I, you may want to let your kids go to Sunday school, have classes, but uh, just FYI. But Asherah is the God of pleasure. And this was known as the fertility gods. These were the sex gods. And usually it was involved in temple prostitution. And it was a form of, of ungodly worship to these gods. So this, this, uh, this small chi god says, if it feels good, do it. And this spirit lies to you. This spirit says, don't follow your morals. Follow your body. You're two consisting adults. Just do it. And in other words, what this spirit would tell you, morals don't matter, pleasure does, and it's against the word of God. It's plain and simple. It's against the word of God. So next to Asherah, put lust. Put lust. So some of you are saying, well, you know, these are just old-time gods that nobody... Well, not so fast. I want to show you. This isn't just old stuff. The same spirit is alive and well on planet Earth. And as Christians, we have to be careful. Look at at Genesis chapter 3. Even in the first sin, all three are shown. All three of these spirits. Genesis 3 and 6. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye... And also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. So they both were there at the same time. Did you catch that? So good for food, if you want to underline that, that's Asherah. That's make your body happy, do what you want to do. Pleasing to the eye, mammon. I don't have that, I want that. Desirable for gaining wisdom, this is Baal. I want to be powerful. It's me, me, me. It's all about me, gaining wisdom. You think that's a stretch? Well, let's look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 3. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now, you have to understand, here's Jesus. He's been fasting for 40 days. 
And here comes, he's getting ready to start his ministry, and here comes the enemy. Tell these stones to become bread. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Turn these stones to bread. Asherah, just make your body happy. You've been fasting. Go ahead. Make your body happy. Throw yourself down. That's Baal. That's the spirit of Baal. Show them you the man. God's not going to let you get hurt. Brag and boast about who you are. All this I will give to you, mammon, greed. All this I will give to you. You still think it's a stretch? Let me show you one more. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, notice this, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever, breaking the spirit of Baal. There it is again. So the cravings of sinful man, Asherah. Crave it, eat it, do it. The lust of his eyes, mammon. I want that. I want that. Boasting of what he has and does, this is Baal. Look at me. I'm boasting of what I have, what I do. And we need to break this love spirit that we have off of our lives in Jesus' name. And the question is, Is there a love that's trying to take over your life today? If so, you need to go back to God's way because God's way works. Can I get an amen? You might want to jot this down. Culture changes, God doesn't. Culture changes, God doesn't. Let's say it. Culture changes, God doesn't. Are you going to change with culture? Or will you stay with God? Well, let's look at Jeremiah 6 and 16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads. And this is what I'm saying. We're we're at a crossroads. Are we going to love the gods of this world? Are we going to love God? Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And notice this. And you will find rest. Everyone say rest. Rest for your souls. Hey, it's going to work for you when you do it God's way. So today, let's talk some more about Baal. How do I break the spirit of Baal? And this this is so important because... This spirit wants us doing more and 
being busy and, 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 and striving for position and power and our schedules are out of control, what is the ancient path that will bring us back to find the rest for our souls like Jeremiah 6 and 16 talks about? And this is it. I want you to write this down in your notes. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Sabbath shows up in the Ten Commandments, doesn't it? On the same list as don't murder, don't lie, do not commit adultery. It talks about the Sabbath. If you violate this one, you will not have rest for your souls. How many could use some rest? Amen. I think we all could, and especially in the day that we live in. So let's, let's find out what we can do. Exodus chapter 20, starting with verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it what? Everyone say holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Everyone say six days. Yeah, that's not five, that's six. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. So if you're going to work seven days a week, pride says, I don't need God. You know, my job is my source, not God. And every time, every time you do this, you're not going to have rest for your souls. Because the whole Bible talks about the six, but rest on seven. Your fields, six years, rest on the seventh. It's this principle. Let's keep reading. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son nor your daughter nor your maidservant or your animals. For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, but he rested on the seventh day. The seventh day he rested. If God rested on the seventh day, so should we. Now, we come to Sunday. Sundays are a busy day for those in the ministry. And like as a pastor, Sunday is a work day for me. All right? It's a work day. So I'm going to have to choose another day. And originally, the Sabbath was on a Saturday. That's the original Sabbath. So I try to take a Saturday where I don't do a lot, where I, I just try to chill and, and be with God all day long and, and uh, just have him on my mind. And if I can't do it on a Saturday, I'll take Monday. I've got the flexibility to do this. I understand that. But as a pastor, Sunday's a work day. So uh, Lionel Richie could not be a pastor or he wouldn't have wrote easy like Sunday morning. He has no idea. So, with that being said, Sunday's a work day. So, I, I've got to find me a day, and I, I try to make a Saturday where I can spend time with my family, where I, where I have some date time with my wife. And if not Saturday, then I have to choose another day. Because if I don't, I don't find the rest that I need. It's not there. So, one day a week, God is saying, well, look at Mark. 2 and 27, Jesus said, Sabbath was made for you, not you to worship it. The Sabbath was made for you. Sabbath was made for you. So what do we have to do here? 
to break this spirit of Baal off our life is we've got to slow down. Turn your neighbor and say, slow down. And when you come on Life Church parking lot, what do you want to tell somebody? When you get on Highway 35, what do you want to tell somebody? When you get on 45, what do you, never mind. Slow down. In, and we're not just talking about drive. We're talking about in life. You, you need to slow down or it's going to kill you. And there is a spirit that's driving this, and it's, it's the Baal spirit. So how do I break this off my life? Number one, by ceasing. Everyone say ceasing. Yeah, you can write that down, by ceasing. In Hebrew, Sabbath is Shabbat, and it means to cease. It means cease. So Sabbath isn't a day necessarily. It's a verb. You don't have a Sabbath. You Sabbath. It's a verb. This is what you're doing. You need to be Sabbathing. You need to be stopping. You need to be ceasing. You need to be slowing down. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 9. There remains. I want you to circle that word remains. There remains then a Sabbath rest. Now this is Hebrews. This is New Testament. There is a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works just as God did from His. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of the world of disobedience. So God stopped. We need to stop. There is a Sabbath rest for the people of God, New Testament. How do we do it? Number one, by ceasing. All right? I thought this was so interesting. The Jews... Uh, and there was this lady that wrote this article, and she said, this is what we do on our Sabbath. She, she says, we don't work for wages. We don't have competition for rewards, so they don't do sports on their Sabbath. They make time to relax and do nothing. I'm liking this. They're reading and studying religious materials. That's good. They play with the family on the Sabbath and have fun. Taking leisurely strolls. Some of you men, you should take your wife by the hand and say, come on, honey, let's go for a stroll. And the reason I said hold her hand, because she's going to pass out when you ask her, and you break the fall a little bit. They enjoy meals with friends and with family. I remember as a young man, us sitting around the table after church on Sunday, and they would invite people. I know Dolores talks about this. My mother-in-law talks about this a lot, how the families would, would come together after church, and they would have fellowship. And this, this is exactly what the Jews will do with friends and family. Talking with each other. With their mouths. Not their thumbs. But with their mouths. (laughs) Some of my greatest days are when my phone is on silent. 
And some of you, if you had your phone on silent, you would need therapy because you're so addicted to your phone. And I, I get it. It, it can be addicting. It, it, it can have a spirit. It can. It can be for good and it can be for evil. They also attend religious services, which is what you're doing today. They pray and they meditate on the Sabbath. Now, a lot of you are going to be find this one very interesting. Love making with your spouse is another thing that they wrote. So a lot of you are really going to like the Jews now. You're really going to like them. This is the examples of what they do to stop and enjoy life and relax. Enjoy life. You think God gave us this life so that we would be totally miserable? No. He said, I'm giving you this one day. You need to work six days. But on that seventh day, you need to cease and you need to relax and break off the spirit of Baal off of your life so that you can have what? Rest. Everyone say rest. Rest. Here's the second thing. By worshiping. You can write that down. By worshiping. Worshiping is not a song service. It is when you bow down to something. We used to sing a song, All day long I've been with Jesus. All day long my lips have uttered praise. All day long my heart, my soul has been in worship. All day long I've been with Him. Look at Psalm 92. A psalm, a song for the Sabbath day. Well, that's good right there. It is good to praise the Lord and to make music to your name, O Most High. In other words, I'm the low one here. You are high and lifted up. To proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. You have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. In other words, you've given me enormous strength to tackle my week because I have the rest now. Fine oils have been poured upon me. That's always a sign of anointing. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow. Now, this is what is on the Sabbath. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. If you Sabbath, worship all day long. Just, God, you're great. I try to do that every day. But take at least one day where just all day he's, he's on your mind. Not just a few minutes on Sunday morning, but all day long. And here's the last one. By replenishing. By replenishing. Find things that feed your soul. Find things that feed your soul. A lot of you can quote this Psalm 23. Let's say it together. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And notice this. He refreshes my soul. Let's say that last line. He refreshes my soul. Let's say it again. He refreshes my soul when I lie down in green pastures. 
when he leads me beside quiet waters. Isn't that awesome? There, there was a pastor that uh, went to Israel. And, you know, when people go to Israel, their, their prayer thought is, God, I pray that I, you just show me something that makes the Bible come alive. And, and I love that. And, and I think Daniel, is he there still right now? He's in Israel, right? Yeah. And so this pastor was praying for God to give him some great revelation while he's there. Not Daniel, but this other, this other pastor. And all of a sudden he saw these sheep going across the field, but the shepherd wasn't in front of them. He was behind them. And he was driving them to where they needed to go. And so this pastor asked the tour guide, he said, you know, all my life, I I always thought that, you know, the shepherd would lead the sheep. And here I see the shepherd, he's not leading, he's driving the sheep from behind. The tour guide says, that's not the shepherd, that's the butcher. (laughs) Yeah, they, they didn't want to follow someone going to the butcher shop. They had to be driven. But here's my question. How many of us have driven lives? How many of us are not led by the ancient paths of the shepherd in front of us? Instead, we're following the love of the world and the spirit of Baal. It's always busy, busy. And the spirit of Baal is a butcher. It's a butcher. We're so busy. We're, we're being driven. We have to make decisions right now. If you act right now, but wait, there's more. It's just everything's hurry and do and go and be. Slow down. I'm not going to be driven by the spirit of Baal, the butcher. I'm going to be led by the ancient paths, the shepherd, the true shepherd, Jesus. And Jesus says in Matthew 11:28, "Come." to me all you who are what weary and what burdened and what is he going to give you I will give you rest there it is rest wow you say pastor you kind of hurt my feelings today yeah I know I know but if we don't let the sword of the spirit, the double-edged sword, cut us and prune us. We can't be fruitful, can we? Well, you know, that really hurt my feelings that you said I'm not spending enough time with my kids and then then start following and going the right direction. Well, I'm feeling guilty because I don't spend enough time with my spouse. Well, shock her and make her a Valentine card. These kind of messages sure gets quiet in this room. And man, if I was talking about the promises of God and how God's going to bless you, yeah, revival, amen. You know what that tells me? That means you're thinking. And that means the Holy Spirit is talking when these kind of things happen. And, and, and I'm not here to hurt your feelings. I'm, I'm here so that we don't get this spirit, this love. That's why... We need a sudden change. We, we, we don't need to follow the love of the world. 
that way doesn't work, does it? And if we're not careful, we allow, we allow those spirits.